This is episode 36 of Two Minutes for Chatting, and this one is called Shite Start. What do you think of that? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say shiter, so. Yeah, okay. Running along the same theme there. Yeah, so I guess if you if you don't know, <laughs> the clan haven't had the, the best start to the season, but we're going to look at that in more detail, uh, including obviously the games at the weekend double header, Challenge Cup, home and away to Dundee. And it did actually start fairly positively in pre-season. So we'll touch on that briefly and some other kind of things that have come up with the clan and across the league. So yeah, a fair bit to get through, but as ever, we'll absolutely nail it. Oh, we'll rattle through it at lightning speed. Just like how quickly clan conceded goals at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not like uh, defensively getting back in time. True, yeah. So much, so much, uh, so much hope dashed in one weekend. Uh, nah, no, uh, we won't be jumping to conclusions yet. But a week ago it started quite well. I know you weren't at the pre-season game, so keep this fairly brief. Clan would actually looked half decent. Played against Pete Russell's Freiburg side and overall did win the Into Cup even though there was a, a draw on the Sunday and then uh, played a, a, a good penalty shootout for a laugh. It got some of the young guys taking penalties. But um, certainly Saturday and Sunday, without going into too much detail, it, it really didn't, it didn't set us up for the Dundee weekend in any way that I would have expected. Let's just put it that way. I thought that the team in general looked pretty promising that there was some rough edges and stuff obviously missing Bierum uh, Musel and on the Saturday Springer anyway Rory Lockerbie and uh, Mr Stenton Liam came in yep. to play on, on the Saturday night and I think they didn't didn't look out of place um, but overall clearly the, the first game that the team had played together and it, it didn't look too bad, it was pretty exciting. I thought Freiburg started quite slowly but came into it. Um but overall, just the weekend I guess, it was it was quite enjoyable and, and you thought, well this this might go quite well next weekend. It obviously wasn't to be. Do you think maybe because uh, obviously in, in previous years now we've we've played uh, quite a number of pre season games. Uh, this year there's only been two Jing. Maybe that's had any kind of bearing on setting up for the, the start of the season? Possibly. I think it's, it's quite hard to get a balance. You never want to play too many games before you go into the season, but I think maybe having games the week before, so two pre-season weekends or even a sort of midweek effort would have been potentially useful, but the problem is that as we've seen in the past, getting the players in and getting the visas and stuff, a lot of the time you'd end up playing games with five or six guys down and actually it's sometimes a bit of a hindrance because you've, you've not got settled lines or anything like that. But you see the teams yeah. at uh, Cardiff and Belfast who obviously playing Champions League, so they got together in their camps a lot earlier. Albeit, I think, there it'd be hard to argue that they're not stronger teams than ourselves but um, yeah they, they came in earlier and they're sort of reaping the rewards from that but it's 
kind of enforced with us. I don't know, it's hard to say, but maybe in hindsight, yeah, you'd like to see something else. I'm not sure how the Freiburg game came about, if it was anything to do with Pete Russell, but he got a a mixed reception. Um, and then it said after it that he was quite disappointed about how how things turned out, but he, he did talk about some of the players that he recruited before he left and stuff like that. And you know, it was I think it was a definitely a worthwhile weekend. They were a fairly decent side, albeit um finishing near the bottom of the league last year. I think they, they showed some promise, but it just it, it didn't it didn't make me think they would be so far off the pace the weekend after. Yeah. I guess that's fair enough. Obviously I've just sort of seen the highlights and and stuff, so so going from that you would <coughs> you 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 could kinda of see some some players looked to be pretty good, but obviously it's just a, a short highlight package so it's not really you're yeah. not really getting the full picture. Yeah, and it's very different. It's still a, a friendly. I know they say that there's not really a, a hockey friendly, but there is definitely exists in terms of guys not fully committed committed to checks and things like that. But in terms of levels, you wouldn't have thought that uh, we would look so far apart as we've got onto. But uh, no, nah, I mean it. It's it's hard to say. Yeah, I think definitely you would like a bit more preparation, but it's certainly limited by budget and travel and things like that so I don't know hard to say well it's if you want to look at it in a positive light um, it's one trophy out of five that we've won so far 100% in the trophy cabinet yep that is the best way to look at it but so. the, the main point that I sort of thought about it when, when it's compared to this weekend as we'll come on to uh, that they almost looked better playing just instinctively than off of whatever systems we'd we'd implemented. They were really a lot less of the sort of running gun style and uh, odd man rushes and things in that game. Okay, the two Dundee play a different style to to the German team, but it was just night and day. So, um, but we'll we'll get onto that because du- during the week it was. Announced that the the jersey launch that we would have a new captain, obviously Fitzy moving behind the bench. Uh, so Matt Haywood got the the nod as captain, and Peacock Tansky and Chad Chad Rao were announced as the assistants. Couldn't really have too too many complaints about that, especially if it was a a player vote. No, exactly. It's you're literally putting it in the players' hands. So if Everybody's voted for for Matt Hayward, and um, I don't think any of the fans would have too many qualms about that, really either. Um, yeah, I, I guess it was kind of for me between him and Tansky probably for for captain buying. We've, sp- we've spoken about that before as well. So um, yeah, just it kind of made sense in his tenth season as well. Yeah, yeah, he's obviously well respected and stuff. So I, I think he'll he'll well hopefully do well, you never know, you don't want to be the guy who's the captain of a disappointing season, but um, hopefully, personally, it'll, it'll help him. And as well as that, the the jerseys were revealed for this year, just briefly, what were your thoughts on 
on those. Oh, some of them. Yes, some of, well, some, some of them. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. The uh, black was it the, the third top was not not revealed at all. <laughs> Still to be revealed. Yeah. So we've got we've got a home and away anyway, and a home and away warm up top. And we assume it's black. I think so. I feel like I, I heard them say that at some point or somebody saying it. So I'm just going with that. Yeah, nah, that makes sense. I don't. I don't particularly like the the warm up jerseys. I know that they're kind of throwback to season one when we had the sort of grey mm-hmm. uh, incorporated into the into the jerseys then, but it's not for me. Um, I was quite glad when we we moved on from them. And I think you know what they did last season. I think they had like a sort of competition thing. Yeah, to, uh, was that to design, design them? Yeah, um, I, I felt like that worked pretty well, so I don't know why they didn't go with that again and get some new ideas, but um, I, I can understand why they've done it, I just don't particularly like them. Uh, as for the actual jerseys, again, not really doing anything for me, I'm afraid. Uh, I don't. I think you mentioned the sort of number panel <laughs> on the, on the, arm. On the sleeves. Um, but now for for me, I don't know. It's just there's too much going on for me. Yeah, I, I I'm not really as I've said. I'm not really the biggest fan of hockey jerseys in general. Um, I don't know. It's it's very so so for me. I think there always seems to be a lot going on on them just because of the amount of sponsors and stuff they're bringing in. The the number panel on the arm, I don't like that. I don't know if it's to kind of make it easier for people to see who's who. Not, I don't know, I'm trying to think of any other reason why you'd think we've got a space there and we should, we should put a number on it. Like, in that, that obvious fashion. We've obviously yeah. had numbers on the sleeves before, but it's almost like it's a, an armband. I'm not a fan. In the grey, as you say, I, I get that it's the 10-year the type um, throwback. I just don't really like the grey. So, not not too successful, but it's not something I, I overly bother with, to be honest, unless it's just a real shocker. I wouldn't <laughs> say the jerseys are shocking, but they're just, they're jerseys, I, they're not. I would, I'll, I'll say it, they're shocking. Right, okay, fine, that's good. But maybe the black one will be unbelievably good. Maybe, maybe. It'll, it'll make up for it. Yeah, it's, there's a lot, a lot going on. I, I do agree with that, but um, for me, they just they're the jerseys. If if the team plays well, I don't really, I don't really mind what they're wearing. But we'll no, see. But if they're if they're not playing as well, then, then it'll I, make it even worse. Yeah, then I'm looking at that. I'll be honest. Yeah, I'll agree with that. So yeah, one one jersey still to reveal. But anyway, there was a fair bit of optimism then going into the the first weekend. Challenge Cup games home and away against Dundee started at home on, on Saturday. We were both there. I say it started. The kind of ironic thing is, we, Clan really didn't start, did they? <laughs> no. So if I, I'll just kind of go through, I guess, and yeah, just yeah. summarise and then we can talk about it. End of the first period, Dundee were 3 0 up, getting that. A goal after six and a half minutes from Anthony Beauregard. Uh, assists on that one came from Sean Boutin and Elgin Pierce. Uh, two minutes later, Dryden Dow made it 2 0. 
assists from Jordan Cowney and Duncan Spears, the ex-clan boys. Yeah, that, is, there. that uh, is a revenge goal. Oh, definitely. And then less than 30 seconds from the end of the period, Brett Stoven gets the third. And again, Cowney and uh, Bhutan with assists on the third goal. So 3-0 down at the end of the first period. Not ideal for your uh, first... What's the word I'm looking for? 20 minutes. Not, first... not a friendly. Yeah, competitive. That's the word. Right. Completely blank there. Just like... Just like... <laughs> just like Leclerc. Yeah, exactly. Completely blank. Everything that came his way. Um, and then obviously into the, the second period, I think there was a a bit of a, a reaction from from Clan certainly, but um, Dundee uh, really kind of kept us at bay, I think. Uh, did we get... We got one back through... Wah, was it? To yeah, make it sorry, I'll, yeah, I'll carry on. Yeah, Ma- Matthew Wah pulled one back. Uh, 32 minutes and 10 seconds with a power play goal. Initially, it was given as a an Earhart goal, but uh, I think Wah got a touch on it on the way through. So, assisted from Earhart and, and pit that goal. Two and a half minutes later, Dundee got a goal back. Uh, Kevin Defer with the goal. Um, Assists on that one went to Leclerc and Brett Stoven. Again, about 90 seconds after that, Clan pulled a, another goal back. This time it was Craig Peacock with a goal, and uh, assists on that one went to Wah and Craig Moore. So, you know, the kind of second period, we, we started a bit better and I, we kind of played a wee bit better. And, you know, it was kind of a wee bit optimistic at the end of that period. We were sort of looking to. So I take it up a gear again in, in, into the third period, but um, a horrible start to the third period. Uh, a minute in, and Elgin Pierce gets Dundee's fifth, Beauregard and Bhutan with the assists on that one. Uh, and then that pretty much just killed the game at that point. Before three and a half minutes from the end, Matthew Rua got his second in Clan's third, assisted by Becker and Earhart. But then literally 30 seconds after that, Matt Marquardt scored Dundee's sixth, uh, assisted by Malin and Cairns on that one. So, and that was the end of the scoring and the end of the, a really poor game uh, for Clan. Yeah, I mean, f- first of all, I guess shipping six goals at home is is not good, but also being three 0 down at the end of the the first period. Um, we know in hockey, leads leads can change quite quickly so it's not it's not necessarily out of our hands to be 3-0 down but just the man of the goals it kind of deflated us and then any time we scored to get a wee bit of hope back as you've said there Dundee got another one um, and I think that uh, 5-2 goal was it was the yeah. uh, was the real the real killer there but I mean Starting the the game like that, we might as well get into the sort of details of the goals. Yep. The first one was a bit of a common theme that develops, and we will talk about, I guess, now that it's come up, and that was the the officiating. Now, I I'd said after the game, I, the officials did not in any way cost us the game, but I thought some of the decisions were poor, and certainly that one in the the lead up to the goal there, I think it was Stanish in front of the. The net who was tripped up by 
uh, was it Pierce, um, just in front of Colleen, and they obviously that created the space for them to tap it in at the back post. Uh, but that to me was was quite a clear trip. And you know, <laughs> if, it, if it stays nothing each for, for a bit longer, you you don't really know how the the game's going to go. But that got them them really going. Yeah, they they needed a, a goal to kind of settle them a wee bit, um, and it worked. But I I said to you on the night as well that it was one of the most blatant trips that I've ever seen. It was just completely missed um, for whatever reasons. I I don't know. I mean, the only explanation is that he didn't see it. Yeah, but how how he's not seen it? I just can't. Oh, I honestly can't fathom how he's not seen it. Yeah, well, um, doing the four of them as well. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, I can see it from the stands, so I can four of actual officials not see it. But, um, but yeah, obviously that that kind of settled on the wee bit, but um, obviously didn't reflect the the whole outcome of the game. Um, but wasn't that an ideal start anyway. No, and then uh, not long after that, uh, Dow made it 2-0 with a shot that initially looked to be sort of clean in the top corner. I think since we've seen that it did take a bit of a deflection from the, I think it was Haywood stick, which sort of makes it a lot more difficult for clean. Mm-hmm. But um, those, are the, those are the sort of saves that you, you want your keeper to make. And it's definitely been... A nervous start for cleaning in general. I've obviously said that I thought he's he's going to be good, and you're on on the other side of the fence. But I I have to admit it's it's definitely been a nervous start for him. Yeah, it's it's been a nervous start, and but having seen that one back again, it's kind of um, you can understand why he's he's not saved it. I felt initially that um, you know where Dow was in his kind of positioning. I think that. Pocket come up, uh, come across him, and uh, on the right hand side, and obviously he's got a left shot, so it was, he was kind of almost off balance when he was hitting it. But yeah, his body shape's telling you he's definitely <coughs> going to Colleen's glove side, and yeah. I think he, I think he, he has read that, but it's it's just been diverted away, and it, it is difficult. Um, yeah, it's when the momentum's against you, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? We. That was the sort of bounce that we needed. Um, Leclerc was was really good in net for them the whole game. I think uh, obviously it took us thirty odd minutes to to actually get one past them, but um, save one or two issues with uh, the nets coming off and stuff. I thought he looked really solid, and he actually was one of my tips to to struggle. So it's just a, a great laugh, a great laugh overall. Saying that it is only one game or two games. Yeah, no, no, it it did it did look uh, really calm and, and composed, uh, and that's for Dundee. And obviously, the issues with the pegs are just going to continue to happen. And um, you know, if if you're going to have netminders like Leclerc coming to Brayhead, and they're going to push off the post, and you know, a, a lot of the time. The, the goals are just going to come off, and um, you know we saw it through the game. So it's both sides as well. It's not just it's not just at the one end kind of thing. So yeah, and we've um, seen it for seasons as well. I've yeah. I've definitely been been one that's that's never really uh, 
I've tended to be on the side of the goaltender. You know, it's if something that they're used to uh, being um, more solid than that, then it's it's not often that uh, they can take the blame for pushing the nets off. I've got no doubt that, given that they know how easily the net does come off, that there is the odd time that they will push it off. I've got no doubt about that. But for me, if, it, if it's not going to be fixed, it will continue to happen and we just have to, to sort of deal with it there. Um, they're obviously not the same. Pegs as they used, the debate came up for years. I remember it was a big thing with Chris Holt. But it just it's the way it's going to be and the game's going to stop for incidents like that and we just have to get used to it. I don't, I don't really join in with the, the fans that are thinking that the, the goaltenders are knocking them off intentionally all the time No, I think, I think there's probably an element of both though, I can understand uh, fans frustrations uh, with it because I feel like, you know, everyone that comes here now knows what the goals are like and what the pegs are like so they're obviously going to use it to their advantage because they will get away with it so it's, you know, until it, until it gets fixed there's nothing really we can do about it um, and look like it's going to be the first of many netminders that are going to come here this season and you know, it'll be a similar story I would imagine for a lot of others yep. um, just thinking about the other goals then um, to, yep. to round up our sort of thoughts specifically on, on this game um, Stoven's one I think was a Cowney got a bit of a tip on a, a shot that Colleen could only sort of pad out into Stoven's path for an easy easy put away um, the first goal um, I'm struggling to remember what that, oh no I do remember that was after Colleen had made that sort of miraculous stack, pad stack save <laughs> and then um, yes. Defer put it straight in the top corner um, Pierce I think was another sort of close to the net Effort and then Mark Watts, we was left left all alone in the middle to, to fire home. So, not defensively overall from us just before we come on to our goals. I thought it was poor. I thought it didn't look very structured, and we were giving away a lot of odd man rushes and shots. Not actually sure what the shots were, but uh, certainly at least one of the periods we were outshot double. I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it was after the first period. I think Dundee had eighteen shots, uh, and I think they said that we had ten. I think a couple of them were long range ones. Yeah, not 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 the best of starts, but you can't kind of really fault Dundee. They've got that that game plan, obviously, um, and it worked really well for them. Uh, but yeah, like you say, I, I feel like we were quite sluggish at times at the back. You know, fail, fail to clear the zone a couple of times, which you know doesn't help. So adds pressure on the defence. But the odd man rushes are, uh, especially in that game, are happening all too often. Yeah, and I'd I'd said um, during the game that one of the things Dundee really like to do is is obviously bring the d- defencemen into play when the forwards are skate up and hold possession for a defenceman to come in and there was numerous times when all our players had sort of followed them down towards the net and left a lot of space and clean had to face quite a few shots from the sort of top of the the point and things like that. Um 
and it's but it's not it's not as if Pash has come into the league as a new coach type thing. He he's got a style. He does it really well, and I thought Dundee, to be honest, looked looked really good a lot a lot better almost than than they had in the past. But I bet that's down to how how pe- poor we were as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the the fourth their fourth goal. Um, I seem to remember was a was an odd man rush as well. I think who was it that scored the fourth? The four. I think that was yeah. that was the one he put in the across cleaning in the top corner. That just short oh, after actually, that yeah. save. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, but again, at that point, it was three on one. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. So you know, he, he had a, a host of different variations that he that he could have picked from there. But yeah, not not ideal. We're getting caught out far too often. Uh, I feel like the the line changes were very sluggish and just overall looked off the pace. Not really much in the way of positives to take from the game as a whole, but um, I suppose if you if you want to look at positives, we could say we got a couple of power play goals. Yeah, and that we also got a couple. I think uh, yesterday as well, Sunday. Um, yeah. The first goal came about through uh, I think mainly the work of Earhart, who had hadn't played the first period due to the of what he said was the. Elastic band he used for stretching it pinged in his eye and see did you see the interview after the game? Yeah. But he, I don't know why they asked him to do it if he was struggling with it. And they shoved that bright LED light they've got for the camera. And you could see he could hardly keep his eyes open. So yeah. I don't really obviously they wanted to sort of explain it, but I think we could have done that without getting him on. Um, and then they also Craig Anderson proceeded to ask him what he thought about the first period, <laughs> even though he wasn't there. So that was just all a wee bit awkward. But I thought he made a, a bit of a difference when he came in. I thought he was really good in the, or pretty good in the pre-season games, um, and having having the six defenceman, I think, makes a a big difference. I thought he certainly had a fairly positive impact. Um, Waz goal was. A very typical uh, goal that he'll, he'll score probably 15 to 20 of those, I reckon, this season. Um, and it was actually similar to his, his other goal. Um, and then Peacocks was quite a nice move. Uh, the pass came from behind the net or below the net. They put it across the keeper. So um, I thought the power play looked okay. I mean, two goals out of, don't know how many we had, maybe four or five. Um, that's that's a bit of a positive. I think we moved the puck about quite well. We've got a lot of guys there that will be good on the power play. You know, Stanish, Earhart, Haywood certainly at the back. Got a lot of talented guys there, but um, I think just the main the main thing I take out of it was the defensive issues um, structurally. I don't know what what they'd been been working on, but we played right into Dundee's hands. Yeah, we did. Um, it, like, again, as as we've said, it suits their style uh, to play sort of counter attack hockey, and you know we kind of hoped that on the Sunday we would have regrouped and sort of learn learn from those mistakes uh, going into that game. But obviously, as it as it panned out, that didn't seem to be the case. Yeah, and um, with neither of us have seen it. I think 
I did watch the goals clip from earlier, but it's so fast I didn't really remember yeah. it, and obviously I wasn't enjoying it. So uh, finished finished seven two to the D in the end. I think the game probably took about three hours uh, with the amount of penalties. Uh, goals from Beauregard, Pierce, Spears, O'Connor, Defour, Pierce again, Beauregard again, um, and Pitt and Laporte for us both power play goals. Um, three one at the end of the first, six two at the end of the second, and then seven two to, to end the game. But, um, along with conceding seven and still obviously being defensively shambolic, uh, a lot of penalties, which is something we need to have a look at. And from all accounts, quite a serious injury to Craig Moore coming out of that game. Yeah. Um. Nah, I mean, it wasn't a pretty weekend for for taking penalties and uh, daft penalties at times. Uh, even on Saturday, I think the, you know when London Springer sort of dropped the gloves to take on Craig Gans, I think it was. But yeah, for for this one, I don't. Obviously, I haven't seen the incident relating to Craig Moore, so can't really comment on it too much. But uh, yeah, couldn't couldn't have been a could have been a pretty one and uh, I think he had or was I'm not sure if he was stretchered off but I know that there was a stretcher on the ice at one point uh, and a neck brace so yeah it was um, Eggles Cans the Latvian uh, he was assessed 20 minute penalty for checking to the head and also a, a 5 minute major so um, I, I've got no doubt that one will be looked at again when we see it we can make our mind up but not in the position to comment, possibly a ban coming there, I saw. But Fitzy was unhappy with a section of Dundee fans for cheering when Moore was down and stuff, and I do agree with that. Um, yeah, I think, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, that's that's not good at all. Um, we had mentioned as well, I think, a couple of podcasts ago, about did we think Fitzy was going to be getting involved with fans and stuff like that? Uh, it, it seems like he, he definitely will be and he gave a, a short post-match interview as well at the end which clearly sort of summed up his feelings I don't think he was too happy with the officiating I believe it was Mr uh, Halas who was fresh off of his Champions Hockey League exploits the night before um, he just we just really seem to get games littered with penalties when, when he's calling them. Yeah, uh, and again, so in, in comparison to the night before, there was there was calls that were missed. Um, obviously that one on Stanish for Dundee's first goal, and then I think there was a, well, a, what I thought was a knee uh, on Tansky. So I sent the race, I think it was a third period, but again, nothing was called for that. And you sat looking at Fitzy on, on Saturday night, he was quite vocal from the bench. Uh in terms of you know, sort of shouting for for referees for sort of comments and why stuff was given and why stuff wasn't given, kind of thing. So uh, I think in a way that's that's good to see. But um, yeah, it's just you're getting sort of two ends of the spectrum really. You're getting sort of leniency on Saturday night, and then just uh, you know you're getting harass on Sunday night. And I think yeah. everybody knows what what he's like. Yeah. Um, so obviously that doesn't help 
Yeah, and the, the main thing I think is obviously consistency that everyone's asking for. Um, uh-huh. I mean, when it's obviously players and teams will get to know referees, but it's the the way that they're calling uh, certain things maybe differently between different referees, and it's it's hard to to I guess adjust to that. Um, on the Saturday, there was definitely some small things like. One of the Dundee players was definitely still playing on when he, he lost his helmet. Um, there was a, a full line change that Dundee got in at one point with when they iced it. And I remember it quite well because the whole clan bench was up shouting yeah. at the referee. And you can always hear, whenever you hear the players like that, you know that there's there's been, been something that they disagree with. But it's just... The small things like that. It's not not a great start, obviously, from the officials. But um, as I've said on Saturday, by no means did it cost us the game. Sunday, it more looked as though it spoiled the game. I don't think Dundee would have would have not gone on to win that one. I mean, we we obviously had a really poor weekend, but when the when it's basically power playing penalty kill for the whole game, it doesn't really make that good a watch. No. Uh... It does definitely ruin the game, as you see. I'm just kind of looking at the stats uh, for that game. Yeah, there's there's quite a lot to, to scroll through. Um, you know, it's, it's up to the referees to sort of get control of the game, and and obviously if they if they're calling for a lot of things as well, it's it's going to frustrate the players and it's going to anger them. And you know, having played Dundee the night before as well, so it's sort of fresh in the memory. So you know, maybe. Referees need to take that into account as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, not, not good all in all from quite a few parties. The, I mean, overall when you you look at it, it's it's not a good start, um, at all. Uh, it is Challenge Cup, so maybe you look at that as, as you know, it gives us a chance to correct these things. To the league, I mean, I I always. There is the the thought that it is the Challenge Cup, but for me, I think you just want to start the competitive season in the right way, and I just don't think we were we were on the pace there, league or cup, no matter what it was. Um, but did you, in terms of the the players, without going through uh, everyone individually, did you have any any thoughts on good and bad points that you saw from individuals? Uh, from what from what I've seen, uh, I quite like the look of Matthew Roy. I think he's come in and uh, hit the ground running and uh, looks a bit of a menace. I I've seen people say uh, they quite like the look of Nolan Laporte. I felt like he, he was a bit quiet for me on Saturday. Um, he had a fight on Sunday, didn't he? I think. Yeah, he had a fight on Sunday. Um, I you know at, at that point I. Especially after I um, after the fight, he was uh, going over to the, the clan fans and trying to get them to make some noise and stuff like that. And you're thinking, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it worked both ways. Yeah. You're getting you're getting absolutely pummeled. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just kind of do do your talking on the ice, kind of thing. Just yeah, I I think it is definitely works both ways. There's an element where. The fans, I think, generate noise and it picks up the players, but a lot of it's reflected by what's 
happening on the ice and you're not going to get uh, fully vocal support when you're five, six, seven, two down kind of thing as you say. Um, but you like, the, the positive in that I guess is that you, you're seeing passion, somebody who who cares. I thought Laporte showed a couple of glimpses, some quite skillful moves and a bit of speed on Saturday. Um, so I mean, some promise. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to we're not going to judge these guys on on just one game. No, definitely not. Um, I think as a whole, I think uh, the line with uh, Laporte, Wa, and and Peacock looked pretty decent at times. I thought that was our best our best line. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I thought, I thought Wah probably for me would have been the man in the match. Uh, I understand yeah. their heart made an impact, but he did only play two periods, um, mm-hmm. and you've got Wah there with the uh, two power play goals, two goals and assist. Um, yeah, and I thought he just he, he caused them a few problems. You know what you're going to get with him. Um, I thought he was good. So for me, he would have been. Uh, deserving that man of the match um, but yeah a, a couple of guys obviously still still off the pace a bit and it is, it is hard but you just we'll just be expecting more certainly next weekend than going forward yeah I think you're, you know obviously we've said as well that you're missing uh, Jack Musil and, and Rasmus Berham uh, in particular so you know once once these guys come in you can maybe start to get a a settled forward looking lines uh, yeah that's a big the, the Bierum thing uh, is is quite a big point for me um, mm-hmm. just looking at the, the lines from uh, Saturday that were together um, you obviously had uh, Lockerby coming in and Howlett as well but I think we were missing a bit of uh, that sort of tenacity and wee bit of skill and stuff that Bierum brings, um, especially yeah. when the the Becca Pitt row line I don't think was really firing at all, um, having Haywood, Tansky and Ledhammer for example together, um, I just think you're missing a wee bit of creativity and uh, then obviously it means that you're you're starved of a, a proper fourth line kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I think that makes a difference. You know, when we were really going at times last season, we were able to to uh, throw on those three quite strong lines and then have Howlett, uh, Musil and, uh, you know, it was Tansky and stuff at times to come on and be really, really quite effective. But I don't think we were able to, to have that with the, the short guys, short bench, obviously. Um, yeah. So it definitely makes a difference. It's something to look out for. I suspect Bierum maybe is going to be in the lineup this weekend. I saw that they had a, a baby, so congrats to them for that. But we don't need we don't need them back back on the ice. Congratulations, mate! But uh, we need you back. Yeah, Musil. Not sure what what's really going on there. Uh, he was about at the preseason games kind of limping, limping on and off the ice, so I don't know if we got something in practice, but we'll see. And then obviously now I suspect that 
Moore will be out potentially for a, a fair period, so uh, you'd expect Hansky to drop back, and then that that sort of opens up another gap. So uh, problems already. <laughs> well, I mean, Fitzy did say he did. You're right. Yeah. Uh, are we going to see if, a if required? Are we going play? to are we going to see a, a quick return to action? I think there's a there's a possibility that, that could happen, yeah. especially the, the way the defense has been playing. Yeah, uh, don't, don't I'm, I'm not saying he's going to come in and he's going to change everything. Uh, but you know, maybe just be that sort of stay at home guy. Um, but I think I think we've talked about it as well. We say that the defense is very offensively minded, and I think that showed uh, the weekend. Yeah, you might you might not be too far off there it's, a, it's quite a good point um, because even the even Dundee's sixth goal on Saturday you saw Springer just sort of charging out towards the player and <laughs> yeah. two guys on that side so, yeah the, def- the defencemen were pinching in all, so much and leaving us that's why we were so open I think and that that definitely can be corrected but it was just basic stuff from guys that you maybe didn't Springer for me was going to be that meant to be that stay at home guy, uh, so our mood as well. I think Moore was fairly fairly solid actually on the Saturday. I think um, he'll do quite well for us, but the rest of them were were so forward thinking. I think we just potentially an element of complacency there. I don't know, but it uh, certainly won't be going forward from now on. We we've got to be be better going into. This this weekend, um. yeah, I I agree with you. I, I think that um, I, I thought that Moore on on Saturday was probably our best defenseman. Uh, Jordan Haywood, I think, did all right as well. Uh, he looked pretty good uh, in flashes, but um, apart from that, you know, it's it was pretty grim. Yeah. I mean, Earhart getting man of the match, but I think that was more for what he did going forward than defensively. So I think, yeah, Moore yeah. was probably the best, best D-man in, in that sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, looking forward then, that's all uh, in the past now, I guess you could say, and got to be put behind us going into a stretch of road games, obviously, now we know that Disney stuff happens at the arena, so it wouldn't be until October that we're back at home. But this like weekend, fun. yeah, I know. <laughs> don't want to see that live. Faith <laughs> uh, next up um, on Saturday, I think that is in the Challenge Cup. Um, they've they've had a couple of uh, pre-season games already. Four actually, haven't they? They've had four pre-season games, I think, because they didn't play this weekend in Challenge Cup. Um, so this will be their first uh, sort of league league opposition. Um, and you've got to say, it's uh, it's going to be a, a tough night if we go in defending like that. Yeah, it definitely will be. Um, yeah, I think four pre-season games they've had. Uh, but again, it's kind of difficult to get a, to get a good judge on uh, on a team having having just played pre-season games. So uh, oh, definitely, probably, yeah. 
but obviously their 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 team is kind of quite late put and being put together as well. So uh, uh, I'm not really too sure of the situation there if everybody's in. Yeah, already yeah, or not. I know they had uh, um, Paul Crowder and Gautier were playing in Australia, I think. So whether they were back at the weekend, I'm not sure. Because um, they were involved in the playoffs, I think, there. So uh, we'll see if if they weren't back there, then they'll probably be back this weekend going straight into it. So that could be quite tough. But um, for us, as you say, down a D-man potentially. And going into a hard place to play, but I think, to be fair, I think Dundee would have caught a, a few teams on the hop there. I thought they looked they looked very good. Um, so it is hard to say we've not seen Fife in uh, elite league action yet. So um, you know we might we might be a lot better than them. You don't know, but um, certainly a, a daunting thought. But. Uh, it would be hard to see as being worse than we were this weekend. You would like to think that anyway. Uh, you know, get another week's worth of practice in and uh, work on the defensive side. Offensively, I think, could maybe take care of itself, although you, you could argue then that four out of the five goals uh, were power play goals. So I suppose that's also a negative as well as a positive. So, But, you know, still, still sort of creating creating some chances uh, going forward so um, but yeah Fife are a different a different beast uh, Dundee looked, looked really organised and uh, you know throughout all their lines um, they just looked really up for it uh, and you know sometimes that's sometimes that's the difference yep so if, if I was to ask you for a a prediction then <laughs> At the weekend for the Fife game, what would you say? Uh, Fife regulation. Yeah, I've got. I've got to be honest. I think um, it'd almost be too too good of a turnaround for us, but uh, not yeah, not just, not I a need, good I thought. It's a horrible. It. It's a horrible thought, actually. Yeah. I need to see it first before I. I believe that we're going to turn it around. Yeah. And then, obviously, if if the the run kind of continues, I know we didn't have the the best of starts last year, but I think, um, you know, if we continue to lose a lot of games quite heavily, then Fitzy will be be under pressure. I think there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I mean, there was, <laughs> uh, for my sins, I, I went on the forum earlier and there was you know folk on there talking about how they want John Trump back and stuff like that and. Yeah, honestly, just yeah, I, I think that's just ridiculous, really. I think I don't know if well, I, I, I'm guessing some of it, some of it, some people will be joking about, but uh, there will be people realistically wanting John Trump. And that's just that's just not on. Uh, you know, we we sat through that for a full season, but the players that we've got, the squad that we've got. Uh, we've got a good base there um, that we've had from last season that played well. So uh, I think we've got the players there. I think we've overall improved uh, personnel-wise on last year. So um, obviously it's a bad start, but uh, we didn't have a good start last year either. So 
Yeah. yeah. Plenty, of, plenty of time to turn it around. I know. We'll just, um, we'll go in there thinking, thinking the worst, but we might be surprised. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, elsewhere, kind of in the league, Challenge Cup, there was well, two other Challenge Cup ties over the weekend. A, a home and away Sheffield Nottingham series, um, which was tied 9 all on aggregate, so s- some high scoring, high scoring games there. Sheffield won eight four at home on Saturday, and then Nottingham reversed that with a five one win at home on Sunday. Um, I think the the tale coming out of that is that uh, we could be in for a quite a high scoring season. Um, Sheffield maybe looking fairly good going forward, but from all accounts, maybe not the best at the back. We know we're, we know we've heard that phrase before, um, yeah. and I think Nottingham were definitely three 0 up in that game on the Saturday, and then sort of capitulated in the the third period, but then bounced back really well on the Sunday. Um, Already, like like we've had our fans questioning different players and whatever, uh, it just goes a bit mad. At only two games in, but um, you know, if the games continue like that, it will probably be quite an exciting season for uh, forwards, but a, a horrible one for defensemen. Yeah, it definitely seems that way so far. Uh... But yeah, I'm just I'm just saying that from for the first time they're not even three 0 up uh, in the first period against Sheffield on Saturday. Uh, two short-handed goals, and amongst that as well, um, which is just incredible, really. First period of hockey, um, but then you know Sheffield did what Glenn couldn't do and uh, stepped up with two power play goals themselves. Uh, and then, you know, pulled it back with three to the end of the second and then just kicked on a third period, scoring five goals. Um, totally dominated by the looks of it. Eight different goal scorers as well uh, on the Saturday. And, and Brendan Connolly wasn't one of them, so... Yeah. I think um, Connolly was apparently involved in... Well, I've heard a couple of things about Sunday's game, but he was involved in something on the Sunday... Uh, maybe sort of cross-checking a guy who was down on the floor. And then there was also a, a story about, uh, is it Michael Davis from Sheffield yeah. tossing net pegs into the crowd? Did you hear this? I've not heard that. I think it was something like that. I need to check, but uh, on the the Nottingham Panthers podcast, you know, the Cat's Whiskers one, I heard a bit, and they were just saying that uh, it's you must be going. You're going well to be be more hated than Brendan Connolly, and the guy <laughs> Davis was was that. So whatever he did, I need to have a look into it. But um, Sheffield will be uh, sort of playing up to the the stereotypes already. We know what what Connolly's like, but he never really, he never really did any kind of major sort of nasty stuff you could say he was just that really annoying guy that you, you love to have in your team but um, I think when he, when he comes in playing for Sheffield there'll be no love lost no definitely not um, just kind of 
having a look at it there uh, on this Sunday. So it was just over two minutes from the end of the game. Uh, Connolly and Adam Douche. Douche. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Deutsch or something. Yeah. Deutsch. Yeah, that sounds better. Not sure. Uh, I actually, I actually don't know. So, yeah, I'm just saying that. But yeah, you're no, right. That sounds good. But him, him and Connolly, uh, both called for fighting. So five plus, uh, plus game. I think for that one. Yeah. Just some something's going on there. I don't, did actually, yeah. out of interest, did Connolly actually have a fight? Uh, with us? I'm not sure he did. I think he might have had one. He must have had one. Do you think? Um, did they not, not have one? He had one down in uh, Milton Keynes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, did they not have one with Colleen? Oh, no, sorry, it was, it was, it was uh, Shudra, Shudra, wasn't it? Yeah, Because yeah. I think did Colleen, Colleen fired a puck. That was that live game we watched. Yeah, it was. Yeah. fired the puck near Connolly and then Connolly was going for him and blah blah blah. But yeah, mm. yeah. Somebody on Twitter saying Michael Davis was the only one to throw one of the goal pegs into the crowd after having a tantrum after losing. That seems a bit mental. Right. After the end of the game, yeah, that's. See what see what happens with that. If we get a Dops a Dops ban, that'll be quite good to watch. Obviously, yeah, last year um, nobody actually got hit with one of the goal pegs, but um, yeah, interesting. I mean, there was only only four games at the weekend, but uh, could be a busy one for Dops by the sounds of it. Yeah, uh, I think some of the other teams were were playing in in pre season. I believe. Uh, Coventry and Guildford were playing each other. Um, yeah. I think Guildford maybe won in Coventry on Saturday or Sunday. Um, and they Coventry had, had maybe beaten Manchester earlier in the week, or uh, something like that. So teams getting getting familiar with each other, but uh, ahead of of this weekend where the the real stuff starts. Um, well, actually, it doesn't come to think of it. It's just we're playing Fife and the Dundee are playing Fife for their league fixtures. Let's have a look. Uh, it's a Saturday Challenge Cup. Yes. Yeah, you, you're right. Challenge Cup, Fife, Clan, uh, Sunday, Dundee at home at Fife. Yeah, there are, there are actually league games. I was just on the, the Challenge Cup thing. Um. Dundee, oh, yeah. Dundee Fife, then Challenge Cup. You got you got to say Dundee will be going in quite confident to that one. Yeah, you would think so. Um, being at home as well, the good start to the season. Fife are an unknown quantity, so for me, I'm picking Dundee. Yeah, and it, I guess it will also depend on how. Fife do against us. I might give us a bit more of a gauge, but uh, you know, Dundee, Dundee looking strong there. Um, and then into the league. So the league openers, Guildford playing Nottingham on Saturday. It's quite a, quite a hard one to call because Guildford, I think you, you kind of know what you're going to get with them, and Nottingham not not great on Saturday, but. 
a lot better on Sunday. I think um, Nottingham maybe had a hundred percent record in Guildford last year. Did they? Uh, I've got a feeling that they won every game in Guildford, but Guildford won all the games at Nottingham. Uh, so going by that, Nottingham maybe would be slight favourites, but um, you know, Guildford will want to get get off to a good start. So I think that'll be a close one. Um, I, I'll just I'll just have Nottingham to sneak that one. Okay, um, I'm going to pick Guildford. Um, Sheffield against Coventry. Sheffield. Yeah, I think so. Um, Coventry looking oh. okay in the, some of the, the pre-season stuff but I think Sheffield having played those games and coming off a, a poor performance they'll be bouncing back at home mm-hmm. yeah it's a, it's a tough game for Coventry that is yeah um, and Manchester Dundee I mean, it's got to be Dundee for, for me just, be. just because of the known quantity, yeah. Just because, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with that. Gonna Manchester go with that. notoriously difficult to be at home, but yeah, um, I think they are worse off this season than they, than they were last season. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hard um, to argue until, until we really see them properly. Yeah, I mean, these are, we normally are bad to predicting just shite, but <laughs> We've not even seen some of these teams in our production, so that is part of the fun. Uh, and then the reverse Coventry Sheffield on Sunday. Um, if Sheffield are consistent, they'll lose that one. Um, but you know Coventry quite quite good at home. But again, I think I'm going to put Sheffield as favourites, just on paper. Um, Offensively, I think they are just going to be slightly too strong for Coventry. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take Sheffield in that one as well. Um, last year, that's probably a game that, that Sheffield would have lost, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, with with the players that they've brought in, you would have to say looks to be an improvement. But um, if they lose that, then you know, they could have just been starting where they where they left off from last year, but I think yeah. the players the players have brought in though I, I think they'll be I think they'll be too strong for Coventry. I agree. Um the other sort of exciting elite league affiliated news is that Belfast and Cardiff have started superbly in the Champions Hockey League. I guess Cardiff Cardiff specifically, who are actually sitting top of their group after two games played. And Belfast are third with a a win and an overtime defeat. Did you see any of those those games? I know they were on on free sports over the end of last week and the weekend. No, I'd seen a wee bit of the... Uh, the third period of the Belfast uh, Leibniz game and you know from just, just from that so maybe 10-12 minutes that I saw of that game uh, Belfast looked looked really good really organised uh, you know and again it's a, 
the guys that we've talked about uh, that have come in there. Obviously, there's been a, a bit of a turnaround there in terms of personnel as well, but uh, always seem to find a way, Belfast. And um, yeah, the, the new guys have brought in, they look, they look to have uh, hit the ground running, look to be really good. Yeah, that was an absolute belter of a game, that actually. Um, they, you know, really matched up well, as have Cardiff done. Uh, both, both against top Czech league teams. So maybe it's a bit of an indication that the, the gap with the elite league and other leagues are, are closing. Um, Belfast were a bit unlucky actually in the second game. They had a, a goal from Bobby Farnham that was given on the ice but then disallowed on video review for a high a high stick. Uh, that was the game Halas was involved in. Um, to be fair, it, it was... It was quite a tough one to call, but for me, when the rules, you know, when the call on the ice, you would stick with that if unless there's conclusive evidence to overturn. Yeah. And I think it was it was it was harsh, and actually, um, Augsburg then went on to to win that one quite quite quickly into overtime. So Belfast again could have been sitting with with two wins there. Um, and both of those teams actually, I think, given how well they've started, actually will be, will be pushing potentially to get out of those groups. You look at Cardiff's group and Frölunda are sitting bottom, which is incredible, really, given their yeah. record in the past. Um, and then Belfast doing what they're doing. I thought uh, Redux for Belfast looked superb. Um. I think that's really a, a great signing for them to get him. I think he'll he'll suit the the physical side of the elite league game as well. Um and then Cardiff doing what they're doing, one and penalty shootout yesterday. So I think if both of those if you know, one of those teams manages to get through or both of them, it's increasing the reputation of the league even more and that's sort of what you want I think that, that can only really be be positive yeah definitely um, I think you'd said that uh, that was Cardiff without Joey Martin as well yeah he's, he's injured um, I don't think it's too serious but they brought in a, a replacement from Finland I think but he's a, a big player to be missing so to do that without yeah. him is, is excellent yeah definitely um Best of luck to them in uh, the coming weeks. If only it was us. <laughs> I can't even, can't even begin to dream yeah. about that just now. Maybe one day we'll get back in that. Yeah. You never know, you know, if there's if if the teams start doing well, that will probably open up two slots, two official slots in there. Because at the moment it's just the uh, winners of the Continental Cup, I think, that get a get a place as well as the, the league winner so you never yeah. know but the leagues I think certainly on the up as we've said um, even even just even getting to the Continental Cup I think would be yeah uh, I know I know would be Some great for us brilliant wee away trips I uh, definitely Nottingham in that this season and they'll I think to be honest they'll fancy their chances in that uh, they've won it mm-hmm. before and 
a good a good team this year, um, and probably a, an easier way to get into the Champions League than it is to actually win our league, especially for somebody like Nottingham, because maybe not yeah. not quite at that level yet. But um, yeah, so some good stuff there. Um, I don't know. Is there any other hockey stuff that that we've missed this weekend? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Um, just you know, I was kind of at the start. I was kind of I was buzzing to be back. Um, <laughs> I was though. I mean, it's no, it's, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's a long time. Uh, I thought seen a game. I missed the games uh, last week against Freiburg, so that was my my first game back. But uh, the joy was uh, quickly swept away. Um, I- I don't know if it made it worse for me or better that I'd seen the Freiburg stuff and had higher hopes. But I don't know if you what hopes you had, but uh, yeah, they were definitely dashed. Yeah, um, I don't know. I was just I was uh, obviously just kind of looking forward to seeing the new players and how they can integrate into the team and stuff. But uh, it was probably what I forget. <laughs> yeah. Not not to be. But um hopefully hopefully people don't forget this podcast and they stick with us through through these hard times. <laughs> I sounded like a fife uh a fife fan cry. Yeah, well we'll Guess be so. crying. We'll be crying yeah. <laughs> they will be crying if if uh, if next weekend goes to plan, but we will be if uh, if the season continues like this, but Hey ho! As they say, it it is what it is. Hockey exactly. and sport and all that. Um, that's that's enough hockey, anyway. It is. Uh, do you want to gloat about your uh, <laughs> team's old firm victory at the weekend before we uh, tell everyone to go and enjoy the rest of their rainy Monday? Well, yeah. Um, if you're not interested in football, then, um, well. You'll hear from us uh, next time we record. Yeah, you will, and that will be. Bye. Thanks for turning up. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Uh, onto the onto the bonus football part. Uh, for <laughs> anyone that is interested, um, yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you take the floor. It was a a good weekend for the boys in green. It was. Um, I'll be the first to admit that I was not optimistic in the slightest uh, going into this game um, you know off the back of two losses at Ibrox last year um, coupled with uh, a brand new defence um, pretty much uh, I just I, I really wasn't looking forward to it and I know that um, you know Rangers have had a, a good start to the season and uh, advice to make the Europa League again um, but you know for, for me they've not really I don't think they've been tested a great deal um, you could probably argue that, that Legia are probably the best team that they've faced uh, and they managed to come through that one uh, in the end but um, all kind of fell apart for them on, on, on Sunday um, I don't, did, did you watch the game at all? Uh, I've only seen the, the brief 
kind of highlights, couple of minute highlight video. Um, right, okay. So I don't really know too much about how it went, but as I said, I think from all accounts it was fairly comfortable. Um, and that, I guess, does sort of lay down a, a bit of a marker um, for for the rest of the season. It's be interesting to see how both teams kind of respond next week from that. Because um, you, you often find, you know, if, if Celtic drop points again, um, well, n- not again, they've not done it this season, but if they do and, and it uh, goes level again or whatever it is, then... Um, you kind of undo the hard work but I think they were almost written off in a weird way by uh, a lot of media and, and stuff and I think uh, they showed that they were still probably uh, a wee bit too good for Rangers at the moment Yeah I would agree um, I think the Celtic Rangers games are going to be crucial this year uh, you look at the other teams in the league Aberdeen, Arts, Hibs uh, Kilmarnock um, all you know in, in previous years have been have been really good and have been able to challenge uh, Celtic Rangers but uh, they've all had a, a pretty poor start um, yeah uh, so I think you know that Celtic Rangers games could be it could be crucial and I think uh, if it continues like that I can see Rangers uh, sort of pushing all the way um, if that's the case so I think these games are crucial but I, I you know, I was uh, pleasantly surprised how well uh, Celtic coped to the game, um, and how they just basically dictated it and played it at their own at their own pace, kind of thing. Um, you know, it wasn't really too much in the way of chances at, at either end. Really, I don't think. Uh, I think Rangers had one one shot uh, that Forza had to make a save for. But other than that, it was it was pretty quiet in terms of Rangers going forward. And I know there's been chat about Jared's uh, team selection, and um, you know it was maybe a bit, a bit questionable why you wouldn't play Morelos, but then he's he's not scored against Celtic in, in eleven appearances now. So um, you know I can understand why you would play the four if he's thinking you know maybe a different sort of, a different type of player. Uh, to play against, but uh, can't really take anything away from from how well Celtic played, and uh, you know I've been a a Lennon critic as well, um, but I, I feel like he got his, his team selection spot on. Yeah, I, I think you've you've basically summed it up there. I think it's a it's a good way to go into the international break. Um, I'm not sure who both teams play. After that, but um, obviously, Rangers playing catch up already, and uh, I saw there was talk about them bringing in Ryan Kent today. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a a reaction to to what's happened, um. But uh, yeah, for me, I I think, I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's he he would be the difference in a in a title race. But that's that's just how I see it. Um, I think it will be, yeah. The, the old farm games are important, but as it showed was shown last year, that uh, I think Rangers dropped a lot of points against other teams, and in the end, yeah, they get a couple of old farm victories. But 
uh, the points that were dropped were, were too much to, to make up the difference. So um, I think they, they definitely have to improve on that. And obviously they started well. So we'll see when, when the league action comes back what's happening. Um, but Scotland, I guess, just to finish up on, well, whilst we're on the, the point, um, two games, is it the first one's Friday, isn't it? Is, it, is the other one Sunday? Don't know. Not really sure when it is. It's norm- it? I think it's normally if, if you play Friday, it's normally the Monday. I uh, suppose that I'm think I'm still thinking in hockey terms. Yeah, sorry. So, aye, Friday the sixth, uh, Scotland at home to Russia, uh, and then on Monday night, Scotland at home to Belgium. So, a couple of really tough games there. Um, Realistically, I think you need to be taking three points against Russia at home to be within a chance of qualifying, or uh, you know, at least be in amongst the, uh, an argument for qualification. Anyway. Yeah, for me, I think it was still uh, taken out of Scotland's hands after that Kazakhstan result. Absolute uh, shocker! I think that's that's really killed it. Uh, obviously, Steve Clark's come in since then, but um, we we can't really expect miracles. I think uh, I I wouldn't even put us as uh, strong favourites to to get something from the Russia game. To be honest, uh, no, no. I, I mean, I mean, they're they're a good side as well. Not to be. I think the fact that there's Belgium as well is sort of making people maybe think well get a chance against Russia but Russia as we saw in the World Cup they're a, a good side so it will be difficult so really anything I think that's taken will be fairly positive as, as negative <laughs> as that sounds but um, you know I think that the, the chances were blown with that Kazakhstan result and really it's it's all a, a build up to the, the playoff in my mind anyway yeah, I would agree as well. Um, it's just a, it's a typical Scotland thing. We uh, there's always one game like that every qualifying campaign that you're expected to win and always uh, end up losing it. And managerial changes halfway through qualification campaigns, um, you know, doesn't doesn't do the, t- the team any good at all. Uh, so I think you know realistically, it's going to be difficult to get anything from either of these games, but. Uh, obviously, I would say Russia would be the the one game out of the two that um, you would be looking to to pick up at least at least that point from. But um, ideally, ideally you'd be looking for for three points there to say, to make up for for the loss in Kazakhstan. Yeah, and then when we get by Monday night, when we've got six, uh, we'll be the whole place will be buzzing. Uh, we know that for sure, but. Uh, Realistically, yeah, it's uh, it's not really going to happen. I think all hopes on the playoff. Okay, so I think we're uh, we're done for number fifty six. I think that's us. Just a wee, a wee special shout out to to Odson Edward. But what a boy! Do you want want to be him? I do. I thought you did. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, everyone listening wants to wants to be us with such a good podcast. Um. <laughs> 
thanks for listening. Obviously, hopefully we can bring some more positive clan news uh, and potentially some Scotland international news. Who knows? Uh, next time. Uh, but cheers as ever for turning up and we will catch you later. Thanks, folks. <laughs>